inspiration, enlightenment, and insight on how to get what you want and how to keep it. We could have been anything that we wanted to be. And it's not too late to change it. We'd be delighted to give it some thought. Maybe you'll agree that we really ought to. And now, here are your hosts, Paul Williams and Tracy Jackson. Good morning, Paul Williams. What are you looking at on your telephone over there? You know, I was looking at my calendar trying to figure out when exactly I'm coming back to New York because we're, you know, we're, <laughs> it's just amazing the, the amount of travel and how much fun all this is, of course. But every now and then I just go, oh my God. You know, I always said if I, someday I was going to write a, an autobiography and call it, Am I in Town? And, and, and my where are you in town? I'm, I'm, in, I'm beginning to manifest the same sort of, of where the hell am I uh, in, in 20, 25 years sobriety that I had, you know, in the midst of my addiction. Every now and then I just go, oh my God, where am I and what time is it? Well, now we're going to be in Houston the end of the month. Yeah, we are. We're in Houston on uh, October 30th. We're both speaking at a wonderful event for the Houston. Uh, Drug and Alcohol Council. It's a great organization. They do fabulous work. So October 30th, we will be there at lunch. And we're speaking in New Jersey on on November 5th for Karen. No, no, no. On on the 4th, yeah. On the 4th. Yeah, I I should be looking at my calendar. Yeah, exactly. Uh, We'll be be speaking. We're we're there with the Karen Foundation because we do a lot of stuff around my my peeps in recovery. I know. And we're going to make you an honorary drunk because they love you, even though you're not an alcoholic or an addict. Except for your thing with purses. My thing with purses is a bit. Is a bit. Well, yes, I, it is, but that's okay. That's okay. So, so happening. So, what's what's going on, Paulie? Well, I just got back from a weekend in D.C., which was an amazing oh, let's weekend. Talk about well, that. Let's talk about that. It was it was unite. It was October fourth. Was thousands, tens of thousands. I don't know how many of us were there. But uh, it was an event that, that was organized by by Greg Williams, who did the documentary "The Anonymous People," mm-hmm. well, you and love his that. whole thing you was that was that you know that if exactly you know my those are my peeps. I'm I'm 25 years sober and uh, I am a uh, and I've always identified as an alcoholic. He says we don't need to identify with our disease. We should identify ourselves as I'm a person with long term recovery. Uh, and basically what he wanted but to hey, do But hey, I've always said we're all the same person, right? That's we're, my thing. We're all, we're all the same. The thing is that, that that he wanted to do something that would reduce the stigma, that would focus the attention on recovery, on on, on rehabilitation. You know, there are p- so many people sitting in prisons that, you know, because of, of, of their substance abuse that, uh, you know, it's, anyway, so we had a, so a great weekend on the mall in Washington, 20, D.C. 20,000 recovered alcoholics. Say again? 20,000 recovered alcoholics descended upon Washington. Exactly. Which means the bar business in D.C. was probably down that weekend. Way down like it that. It was not mall, like when know. the Shriners... But the spirituality was lighting up the entire town. It so was So did you feel some, like, connective great jolt of something? Well, it was great because people that, that, that stepped up to the plate, Stephen Tyler performed, you know, a Shell Crow... Uh, uh, Joe Walsh of the, of the Eagles was there and all. I, I helped write a song for, uh, we, we actually, we, we, we wrote as a group, you know, we outsourced and opened it up through an organization called, or a, a website called hookist.com. We had people send in ideas, lyrics, whatever, and like that, and we sort of culled that, and, and a wonderful musician, songwriter named Kasim Sultan, and I basically sat down and, and wrote this, this song using that material as well, which celebrates recovery it's it was it was like church for me 
I would have liked to. And you know how, and you are a huge part of of that world now. I love when we go and talk to uh, to alcoholics and addicts, and and I love the way they light up when they hear your story because it's your idea. When we wrote Gratitude and Trust, which was originally titled "Recovery is Not Just for Addicts," it was your idea to say, you know what, take that, take those principles, and share them with the rest of the world, which is what we did. And yeah, we and, and hopefully continue to do. Yeah. And try and do with this podcast. Yeah. And, well, I don't have anything that exciting that I did. Well, you you, you told a great story just now. Well, well I know we can't tell we that We can't now. tell the story. Well, well no, you because know, we told it on the, on the podcast. It's, it's coming really up. interesting time travel. I'm loving doing this. I'm loving the fact, and as you, you know, anytime I say something twice, you make fun of me for saying it, but I love the fact that I don't have to give up my... Fan card. I, I was going to actually tell you at lunch fan. you had to stop saying that, and now you said it. Well, uh, we also so can I'll never, we can too. never ever tell the story of how we met again because we've told. Oh, it. except this is really funny. There's something really funny. What? Well, because you don't know it yet, but I'm saving it. What? Because the one time you actually can tell it is with our, not the the guest we're doing, not the not well. A oh, guest that's coming up. I can't. I can't even tell you. I can't even tell you. I'm gonna oh, tell you I hate later. that. I know. I mean, it's it, like a surprise party. I hate surprises. I know, but it's pretty funny because it's what comes from when one part of the group does more research than the other part of the group. That I know something that you don't know, and it's like awesomely cool. And it's the one time you're gonna be able to tell the story. But I'm okay. not telling right, you. But when. now tell me who it is that. It, that no, this... I'm not saying anything. Oh I spent God, a nice weekend so in difficult. Santa Barbara. I spent a nice weekend in Santa Barbara with my mom. That was fun. Uh-huh. I went. I, we had a good time. And the wedding, you saw your dad. I saw my dad, and I had spent a really good time with my mom. And <laughs> um, and my dad was fine. It was his birthday. Um, How old's dad? My dad is. My, you know, I genetically, if I hopefully, I, I get what they got. Uh, my dad is eighty-eight. Wow. And um, and my mom is. Yeah, he's hard of hearing, but that's you know. So are what? you? So I'm used to it. And um, and my mom is going to be 87 this next month in November. And they're yeah, I mean, it, they're 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 doing well. So um, and my mom and I had a good time. And Santa Barbara was gorgeous as it always is. And Isn't it amazing that we that we sit here and we just talk about nothing? Nothing, and except just, I did find this gluten-free bakery in Santa Barbara, like anyone cares. I don't know, called the the Lilac Patisserie. It took me. Four times to go there because it was either closed or nobody wanted to go with me, and I, and I just it became this thing. I had to get to this big. You know, Montecito is the scene of the crime for me. So I have a very different. I, know, I have I my know. memories of, of of Montecito are very minimal. Well, yeah, but know. I grew I up there. I lived there for that's... a decade, and I don't remember a lot of it. But I grew up there, so that's my hometown. Yeah, but yeah. oh my god, this bakery! This and I was walking around downtown the other day. I met a friend of mine for lunch, and. It's just so beautiful there. I walk around and I think I grew up here. I didn't appreciate it as a kid. You don't, but you probably don't appreciate things as kids. But I did. Um, I had a great weekend, and Mom and I had fun, and the weather was gorgeous, and uh, and life like that. Times well, you, well, you're more, you're mindful. You have. Well, I am mindful. You're mindful of your travel. Working, you're mindful in the moment. Working. You know. you know, I just came back. From, oh, I just came back from Iceland. Oh, and, and what? And I mean, you went to a penis museum. That was a, that was my one of my Iceland. things that I had to tweet about immediately. Only Tracy Jackson would have the nads. I said in my tweet <laughs> to put I'm all these kidding. pictures of of pe- animal penises. I mean, it's like that's really what there you wanted to share with the world. There was also a human penis in there. I'm, well, I'm sorry. Excuse me. It's the only penis museum in the world. Okay, it is famous. We didn't know that when we went. We had to find that. We had to find it ourselves. Uh, well, hopefully, podcast one will 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 mention penises in in their when they tweet about this this episode. No, but you know, I'll and we'll get tons of followers. No, but you then. know, it's really funny. So I, I because I have you know I, we have our website, 
gratitudeandtrust.com, which is the website we run together. And then I have my own website, tracyjacksononline.com, which I've been running for eight years now. I've been blogging. And I've done a lot of blogs about a lot of interesting things. And I've tra- I do travel a lot. And I meet really fabulous people. You always, you people. always f- take pictures of your hotel yeah, rooms. I know. So. But I've met wonderful people and many wonderful people thanks to you and just because of my life. But so I blogged the Penis Museum, as you know, because you saw it. Never in the history of my blogging in nine years it, have I gotten so many. I, you know, we have that add this thing, which shows how many times your, your blog has been clicked and then forwarded. Yeah. I've never done a piece of work that got passed around as much as the Penis Museum. People went nuts for the pictures of they the Penis Museum. They love Winnie pictures. I, well, it's, it, it, I got to tell you, there's nothing like that Penis Museum. I think it should go down as one of the top ten museums in, in the world. Um, and, and Iceland is just magic. It's Moonscape. It's, oh, God. I've never seen such beautiful landscape in my life. It's like being on the moon. It really is. Actually, people, they when they were practicing to walk on the moon, they, they went, went to, to Iceland. The, they went to Iceland because it, not because it, they had gravity, yeah. you know, but they did have, um, because of the way that the, uh, that the landscape is Tracy just said formulated. to your listeners, they have gravity in Iceland. Well, no, because on the moon, they don't. So it, it wasn't like walking on the moon because when you walk on the moon, you don't have gravity. So when they went to Iceland, it wasn't exactly the same. And I probably talked enough, and we should probably announce our next guest so who's coming up today tracy jackson well coming up i'll let you give his credits but coming up is opie oh my buddy well you know i i have a long long history with opie when first of all with opie and anthony and then with now with opie and jim norton and we've done the show together i think twice yeah and i did it maybe three or four you know opie is uh uh, is Opie's one of the good guys. He's, he's really one of the good guys, and you know, and it's and one of the reasons we wound up doing a podcast is I've always said it's Opie's fault. It's Opie's fault and Chris Hardwick's fault <laughs> because doing the Nerdist podcast and then doing Opie's show w- w- with Opie and Jim Norton was probably as I mean, it was it was a moment where I saw you revel in being able to be your you know let a little bit of the in the your inner snark show. You you know, the, you were the full complete. Instead of the total gratitude and trustee Tracy Jackson, you know, sort of this edgy screenwriter, funny, you know, comedy writer emerged. You got really comfortable. You could sit and cuss with the guys, and something wonderful happened. You went, this myself. is what I want to do. Well, I got my part of myself back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah part so, of yourself. But that and and that 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 Saint Tracy part yeah. has never totally gone away. But it is now you're full the full person. So Opie's 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 been on the radio for. What thirty years? Oh, he's been on the on, on the air for forever, and uh, he's got extremely. Yeah. He's got his own station at Sirius. He's got shows under yeah, he's, him. He's, he's got, got Opie he's Channel. A, he's got an empire. Opie Radio. He, Opie Radio. The the empire of Opie, and he has his daily show, Opie and Jim Norton, which just. And gets, we got instantly. We got to get Jim Norton on here because yeah. Jim Norton is is well. Right now, let's talk cat. about let's talk about Opie. With today coming up, we have Opie. Are we really podcasting we now? We are all podcasting. Are. This is all Periscope. gone. Now you're periscoping? No, I'm just I'm sending out a little Twitter about oh, Opie Jesus. being So, Opie, how are you? We'll, we'll do the, what's been happening you with you? I am very uh, good there, Tracy Jackson. And you had a good summer. I know you had a good summer because you have a house next door to a friend of mine. So I, he said that you were frolicking on the beach. Wait, who do you know out there? Bill McGowan, the wonderful Bill McGowan. Uh, how does he know I'm out there? Because he lives has the house next door to you. 
Really? Uh-huh. Bill McGowan, who's like the ki- Clarity Media, he's like the king of teaching people how to... Uh... You know him? Yeah. You know him? He, he, you know him, Paul. He helped... He, I, I've used him. I always use him. Every time I have a new book or I have a new anything, he... Oh, that we, guy. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And when I started nice doing man. this, because my voice can go very high, as you've noticed, because you've recorded me, I went to him and said, I've got to get my voice lower, so... I worked with so him. So he helped you out. He helped me out. Why, she, why it was is too this late pl- for her to use the system I used, which is smoking and drinking for 49 years. <laughs> <laughs> I could do that. No, but Bill's great. And when, when you do a book, you yeah. go to Bill and he reads your book. And he, t- he Bill is amazing. And he teaches you. You think you know your book because you've spent all this time writing this book. Right. And then Bill take you. Well, my PR person took me the, with my first book. And you go to Bill and he reads your book and he reads reduces it down to like seven sound bites for you. Really? And you don't even understand that well, you understood your book until Bill reads it and tells you what. So what are the sound bites for when you do media? When you go on media and they ah. try and, So when you go on, when you get a four minute spot on the Today Show, you try and explain a 300 page book in four minutes and yeah. they keep trying to get you off topic. He teaches you how to come back to you, your topic. Essentially you create the elevator pitch. The, yeah, you know, he's I'm, great. How do you tell your story well, on between the seventh floor and the, and the lobby if there's an executive on the elevator with you? But as a show host, I hate when you guys come in and do that. Well, as the show goes, I love what we like the, exactly what's happening here right now. Yeah, but your now. show's that's, long, Opie, and that's see, a very different thing. She just interrupted me, and the way she will remember <laughs> that is that I interrupted her. But the great thing about doing your show is that it it is this. it's free it's conversation, it's free form. No, I hate know? when people come in and you think you're getting something special, yeah, and then you listen to them on a, another outlet and they say the exact same things. I hate that. And 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 you felt at the time that it came out organically. Yeah, and you and you go, oh my God, they rehearsed that. Yeah, yeah. they rehearsed that and knew they were going to say that on my show. Not on your show. No, because, we because, get it too. No, we get but, it. but your show is long enough. If you sit there for a half hour, I, the soundbite thing works when you go on. Yeah, you actually, had, when you, you go on the Today on Show, you go on Good Today Morning show, America. Yeah. You go on Oprah. Oh, Oprah, we got well, an we hour. Did. Oprah, we got an hour on. Oprah. We got an hour on. Are you Oprah. bragging now? No, no, you bragged for us. Thank you. You're kind of bragging. You bragged for us. You're kind of bragging that Oprah gave you an hour. Hey, we're invited to a private party at Oprah's tomorrow night, and we tonight. Tonight, and we did couldn't go because we were going to be with you. No, you don't. You don't blow off Oprah for me. I do. I do. I'm sorry. No, that's not. It was my husband's birthday too. We couldn't go. No, we had you, and we had. Where's this private party? In Santa Barbara. It was last night. It's gone. It's over. Yeah. We could have rescheduled this. No, we couldn't have. You don't blow off. No, no. We thought. You know what? Opie has been so good to us. We'll just. It was really got down to Oprah or Opie, and we took Opie over Oprah. Wait. So so far, what I've learned today is I'm like Obama, or I'm your Obama. Yeah, exactly. And you blow off Oprah for me. I am very flat. Can we have our own radio show on your network? <laughs> there are people right now listening to that to that statement and going, Williams needs to be back in rehab. Yes. <laughs> I think he's drinking again. Do you know Eric Logan? No. Th- this means nothing to anyone, but he's the executive over there at uh, Oprah, at Harpo. At Harpo? Um, now that's moved to California? He's been there forever. He was my guy. He was, he was um, at uh, XM Satellite Radio for many years. Good friend of mine. And then they, uh, then Oprah grabbed him. And now they're all in California. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen them in years now. Well, she has a new show. You know, I'm going to give a plug for Oprah because she a year oh, a year so ago yesterday she had us on her show. They have, she has a new show on the own network called Belief. It's a new spiritual show that travels the world looking at belief all over the world. I don't know which night it's on, so I shouldn't be doing it like that. But go check the own network and see Belief. Because oh, I we like want, that. We want yeah, yeah. to support Oprah and all of first class and you know, meet everybody. It's good. What do you believe in? What are you talking about, travel well, first class? I'm talking class? about her going oh, all over the world doing this show. It would be fun to do a show like that, you know? 
You think Oprah ever didn't travel first class? You think they just letting her well, travel no, first class? No, but I'm just talking she... about the fact that you know that I mean I go to go to work here in in, in this you know this wonderful <laughs> studio somewhere in the depths of New York, you know, and it would be great to do a show where I you know we jump all on the company plane. All you do is travel first class. Would, I do travel first <laughs> class all the time, but I would like to be flown on the company plane to you know to. Uh, to India to you know to to sit with the Maharaja and talk about you know she's talking to spiritual people oh that okay forget it I yogis don't want to do that. not Maharajas <laughs> can I, uh, can I take a nap you guys no, are I, exhausting I, I want you I want, I, this is my impression. I have so much to say and, and Opie who am I Opie who am I Paul Williams yeah boy, boy visuals work great on a podcast that's Paul Williams and Coach. Oh really? Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh yeah. yeah. Where did we have? Where did we fly coach? It was just somewhere. I still haven't heard the end of it. Oh my god! Yeah, there was no Do you fly first coach class Opie? available. Um, no. no. Can't be honest. I don't. No. Okay, good. That's what. That's fine. I don't. I, it, you know, it's. Uh, I don't either. I don't have anyway. a lot of luxuries in my I'm life, almost, but I'm almost I know, three million miles. Difference. Yes, I'll take that one. Though. I'm almost three million miles on American Airlines. Wow. So I've, if I had flown that many miles, coach, I would have hung myself by now. What, what do you, you believe in, Tracy? What do I believe in? Yeah, you brought up the Oprah show about belief. Aren't we supposed to be interviewing you? Yeah, I guess. I believe I, this is actually true, and it's not a canned answer, even though I've used it a lot. Uh, that means it's a canned answer. No, it's not. It means it's not a it's really a Ziploc answer. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> I believe in belief. Whoa. The power of of the mindset where you where you're convinced that something's coming, you're being there is an, an, an invisible big amigo, whatever that invisible ally, yeah. that, that that sense of comfort you have from knowing that there's somehow, you know, my heart keeps beating, my you know, I don't have to think about breathing, I do it without, you know, every every now and then I go, oh, whoops, I forgot to breathe, <laughs> you know. Well, that's <laughs> when you hold the, your breath to get your own way. For the most part, it's like <laughs> there's this there's some wonderful wonderful machinery working all the time, keeping my temperature at a certain level and again. Mm-hmm. Processing the food that I eat and doing all this stuff and everything, so there is, there is. You can just go to that, or you can go even higher, which I do, which is thinking the fact that I've got a big amigo, that there's some energy in the universe that is positive, and and when I, when I imagine something, when I if I dwell on something, if I think about something, I am a co-creator in making that that come. We're true. on the same page, Paul Williams. Yes, sir. What you dwell on, you create. I, I believe in a yeah an energy. Yeah, you bet. I believe exactly. In... I don't think it's a dude with the long. No, hair I don't believe. Know, that. What I say is, I'm a know. I'm a secular spiritualist. I'm a secular yeah. spiritualist. I don't really go by any religion, but I I like to be. There's something you know. There's it's energy. I do believe it's energy. But what I'm really moved by is other people's profound belief. Like next week, the Pope is coming here. And yeah. unfortunately, I'm not going to be here But because I, I, I could see him out of my... I'm not sure if I can see the Pope through the trees well, from my balcony. But, next time. but no, but he's going to be through Central Park. And I was looking out yesterday. I go, will I be able to see the Pope through the trees? But I don't think so. But Sounds he... Like I know. But I, you know, when you see all those millions of people lined up to see the Pope... Mm-hmm. All right, I don't follow the Popes I mean, as, a, as a... He's not part of my belief system. But it's... You, you can't not be moved. But you not, can't uh, be moved by those millions and millions of but people. But not show all up. of them are going to be believers. Yeah. Well, one hopes. I, mean, I would go and check out. Well, you the think Pope? it's just like yeah. a like a kind of like a like a TMZ? They want to see a big celebrity, and I'd like yes. to see that. Wouldn't you love to see the Pope Mobile? Yes, I'm of course sorry, I the would. The Pope Mobile. I like, like this the guy though too, better than the other ones. I mean, there's something about there's uh, there's an everyman element he, to this man that he, is really wonderful. He's I a think. bit more liberal, right? More yeah. liberal, which I am as well. A bit more open-minded. Yeah, so. that too. 
But I, I have a daughter. I, I have a daughter that just married her partner. You know, so I think about how how the, everything around in this world, as far as as re, especially the extreme right wing, traditional religion, all I think I think about how they respond to to you know to how she's living her life and and how what a negative input that can be. And I want to protect her and I want to keep her safe and everything. So when somebody like this pope comes along that has has this liberal mindset, I like the guy. You know, I go, you well, know, I'm going to send him a really nice note. Where you all in with your daughter's lifestyle pardon were you all in oh yeah your whole life oh i love her partner i love her partner. no but the, your, your whole life you were okay with well, this a different is, lifestyle okay, i'm sorry tracy i have to tell this story one more time but like back in 1976 they had the first gay pride parade and everything and all uh, anita bryant had this whole thing where she didn't want gays even teaching in school. Oh, I, I she know was it a well. spokesperson for for florida orange juice. orange juice yes so my wife katie and i took out a full page ad in Variety, which said, Mr. and Mrs. Paul Williams, in response to Anita Bryant's crusade, have stopped drinking dot, 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 screwdrivers. And it was just, you know, I don't know why. I just, I thought she was nuts, and I thought somebody should say something. It was a matter of, you know, of human rights and... and uh, now, and now, Paul, that, that's that's brave for 1977. That was, that was brave, and Extremely I got a lot of hate brave. mail. You know, you I did. Got, I did. I got a lot of. I was doing Finian's Rainbow in St. Louis, and I'd walk into my dressing room at night, and there'd be two stacks of mail. There'd be a stack uh, that was that was all negative, with no return addresses, and <laughs> of the ones with return addresses were "Thank you for standing up for us." All this sweet stuff, you right? Know? Did you switch to grapefruit juice in your in your drinks then? No, I just drank straight vodka oh, okay. for a while, <laughs> and then I actually never went back to. You know, <laughs> but you know what, my wife, my my wife, my daughter. I think that partner, worked against you a little bit, Paul. Yeah, my, I know. My, I think you should have stuck my, with the orange juice, honey. It oh, kind of like my, uh, it tempered that vodka. <laughs> Lee, my 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 uh, my daughter Sarah's spouse, found that ad and gave it to her. Had it had it framed and everything he gave it to her as a christmas present and my daughter sarah had never seen that ad or really known about it oh you never really so, talked you know, about no, it no i don't think we ever talked about it it's just you know when my daughter came out because i was an absentee father i got sober and and you know when they were like she sarah was like six years old when i got sober so there's a lot of her childhood that i missed and so in early sobriety trying to learn to be a dad how the hell do you do this and all but when she sat down and said dad i don't know how you're going to feel about this but i'm i'm dating a woman all of a sudden, it was something really important and a, a, a really intimate part of her life that she was sharing with me. So it brought us closer and closer together. Then, and it's just gotten better and better and better through the years. You That's know. great. It's just fabulous. Good to yeah. hear, Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Tracy, shut up. Yeah. That. I shut up when Paul says important things. Just important things? <laughs> I just don't say important things <laughs> very often, <laughs> evidently. I'll be honest. I think I met you guys, uh, well, Tracy, and uh, you guys as a team a couple of years ago now. Yeah. I can't believe you guys are still together. Why? <laughs> I don't know. It's just a very unique back and forth you Well, we have. help each other. We, 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 we do. do. We do. I mean, and we get along. have spats? Oh, God. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? Yeah. And for, you can't call it a spat because that sounds like there's some reason for me to be involved other than just being beaten around the head. <laughs> That's so unfair. That's, no, it's not unfair. It's maybe unfair, but, but it's true. It's not true. I have reason to be upset when I get upset. I won't go into my but reasons. Wait a minute. If you want to go I back do... to that, how about my beginnings with Opie? I mean, like in the 90s, I was like newly sober, and that's all I wanted to talk about and everything. So I go on Opie and Anthony, and Opie's like, why are you fucking relevant? You know, like, whatever. I did, so, did I do you that did? to you? Yes, oh, yeah. I was one of the, you knew that. I, oh, I, and we, I don't know which one of us hung up on the other, but that was kind of what you guys did then. You know? I, I found out later it wasn't just me. You know, I, I fell in love with you right away there, Paul. 
I really did. Why are you relevant? You know, Why well, are you relevant? Not, well, you know, not in that way, though, Paul. But <laughs> I fell in love with you. I really did. No, Paul well, is very. You know, what happened was, what happened we... was, I saw your documentary, and I was like, yeah. wow, "Wow, this is an amazing documentary. We got to talk to this guy." Yeah, how cool? Because I really you. didn't know what happened to you for a while. Then. Yeah, I disappeared. Yeah, you completely well, disappeared. Went bye bye and just. Got sober and didn't want to be around that stuff anymore. It is an right. amazing document, and you can't. And all the stuff I that you know that really isn't fair because all the stuff I do, you wouldn't be on social media if it weren't for me. Do you know that, <laughs> Tracy? <laughs> give me a moment here. I wouldn't have a book if it wasn't for you're you. You're right. That's I true. I tell everybody if you write ten hours, I write three. Um, it's like you know you're you're you know what. You have you have been an addition to the third act of my life that has taken it into a, a place of, of 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 love and service that is exactly what sobriety has been That's about right. for me. And you made it fun, and it's just uh, I'm you, forever sweet. grateful. Thank you, sweetheart. Yeah, you got some positive no, we, oh, positivity no. to no, you. Even when we fight, I think it's. I know what it's like to fight with someone and then you don't make up or it's, or to fight with someone. That, Paul and I have a very mature relationship most of the time. <laughs> yeah. And 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 part of our shtick is this. Okay, so you've got it off that. Off of that shtick. You call it shtick. <laughs> you want to see the bruises? <laughs> Jesus. Paul, that's because no, you're, so, that. you're 75 and your blood vessels are breaking. I never touch you. I you know, know that. I know. It's anyway. 75 tomorrow. So, so I, no, yeah. no, but we... But we get along. We really do get along. And if we fight, when we fight, and we do fight, we make up right away. Yeah. Because we yeah. follow our own practice of. of but of you guys aren't married, so you don't get the makeup sex. Yeah, we don't get. No, the we bra- don't we get, get the yeah. makeup sex. And but, I bet Tracy. What? Did I give great makeup sex? You're a very nice person, but yeah. I, I, as far as fighting, I, I assume you're one of these people that um, starts a fight pretty much when your husband or Paul is ready to fall asleep for the night. No. You let you let him slide. No, she's. she's I actually, my husband. You keeps let him slide. Going, oh, I let him slide. Well, my husband. So, it's really interesting. I don't. If we're having a spat, and usually all we fight about is our kids. We we get the only thing my husband and I ever fight about is our kids. You've got kids, right? Yeah, two. You know how it is to fight about kids. Um, no. You so far, we're on kids. So far, we're we're on the same page. But I understand that we probably will as, I mean, as they get just, a little older. They're still too young. You guys how old are, are they? Five years and five and almost three. This is that point. This oh, is yeah, that you don't do it really then, but interesting when they get older. time. Wait, how do you know I've been married seven years? Because I know these things. I've, you I know, didn't you know, know you that stalker you were trying to identify? You're, you're stalking me. The stalker you were trying to identify. How long have you been married? I've been married ten years. That's awesome. Ten years, yeah. Well, no, I, I mean, one thing guys uh, dislike immensely is when a woman starts a fight right when you're ready to go to sleep. Oh, I never do that. Oh, wow. I, I had you pegged for somebody that would do that. Mm-mm. I'm not. I'm actually not that hard to live with. I, <laughs> I, I didn't say that. I am. Um, I, and if we well. have a fight, well, you, you haven't lived with me. I, I, well, you sort of live with me. But if I have a fight, and it's usually about something about the kids, that's the only thing we ever fight what about. What kind of fights about the kids? The you know our kids are twenty four and fifteen. So when they do things and we disagree, or one takes another side, or I don't know, it's usually when we're tired. What I do, and it's always at night. We never fight in the daytime in any real way. If it's at night, and this is honestly what I do, I go, you know what? We're really tired. We're not going to accomplish anything tonight. Let's go to sleep Keep and revisit this yourself. in the morning. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I do not fight at night. I think fighting at night is the worst thing to do. I don't necessarily say. We're all gonna. I, there's that thing people say never go to bed angry. It's not that I go to bed angry, but I also say we can't solve this now. It's it's midnight. Uh, all we've done is work. We're exhausted. Uh, we don't have a clear head. Let yeah. us just go to sleep, and in the morning we'll revisit it, and I'm sure we can work through it. And we always do. I do not keep him up all night fighting because 
I had a first marriage like that, and I'm just sec- I don't know if you've been married like, only once. No, 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 no. Once and that's, okay, that's it a, for me. I had a first marriage where that was like the dynamic, and I once I learned a lot. And no, I don't. And Glenn and I almost never fight to begin with, but he will go on. He is oddly, and he's not very combative. But at night he'll keep going, and he'll go, "Let's keep talking, let's keep talking." I'm just going to sleep. Yeah. And he'll go, "You're not being responsive." I go, "No, I'm not being responsive. I'm just going to sleep. I'm not angry. I love you. Good night." But I'm not fighting. So he's the one that has no problem fighting well, right before you guys sleep. Well, he can just talk all night, and I don't want to do that. And he... I also know at a certain point in an argument, you can't win, wait, and you can't resolve. Wait, wait, wait. No, he wait, wait, at a certain wait. point in an argument, he can't win. No. I... That's Hold on. I heard something in there. What? He could talk all night? Yeah. He? Yeah. He. He out-talks you? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah, I think <laughs> when, you know... So you guys never she, sleep. You know, then. she's like a fireworks show. She kind of <laughs> and yeah. then she's done. You know? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I'm, and I also am very solitary. I'll go off me by myself for hours on end, and no one hears from me. I mean, I'm not like this all the time. I'm exhausted. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. Even, Can even you imagine? Pr- pr- like if you're a satellite to Tracy, every now and then it's exhausting. You know, no, but, but like when we travel, I'm not yeah. like we're very chill. We do our, yeah. you know, we get to. Yeah. A, no, I'm not. I'm not like this all the time. Oh, okay. I mean, the camera's going. The 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 mic's on. But no, but I really don't think that people should. Do you? Wouldn't your wife fight at night? Um, or does she keep you awake? Is that like yeah, what you're getting at? Yeah, she's done that a few times, certainly. And that drives you crazy? Yeah, because you're edgy. What time you do you can't, get up in the morning you, anyway for the show? Five. Oh, yeah, see, every that's, day. That's and you can't think clearly, and sometimes it's better. Look, let's just yeah. try to do this in the morning. And you know what? Sometimes you've been out to a party. You've had a couple drinks. You know, you've had a glass. You know, you're, not, you're just, I mean, you don't drink. But, you know, you don't, and I don't get drunk or anything, but you don't, I just think at night you can't. It's just not a great time to to it's, have discussions. It's funny. Mariana has a thing that I that I love is she won't. She said no bad news at night. She won't tell anybody bad news at night. She won't deliver bad news at night. She won't approach a subject that is that is you know has any real tension in it at night. We'll talk about it in the morning. I got you beat. I turn off my phone every night. Do you know I read so, something the other day? You should do it thirty minutes before bed. You should not like, have turn any. Off. You should not have I, any electricity, any electronic interaction. Yeah, yes, turn off no, your no. phone. No, no, Holly, listen. He's, electronic information. Thirty minutes before you go to sleep. I've been doing it for the last week, and thirty minutes after you wake up in the morning, just like have your coffee, chill. I know so, that I'm not gonna do. And but apparently it it does calm you down a bit. But my my logic is if someone God forbid something horrible happened to them while I was sleeping, there's nothing I can do. Well, anyway. No, you keep the phone on though. No, I turned it off. Oh, you turned it off. So uh, if God forbid I'm going to get any bad news. I had such a panic attack, I had to check my Twitter uh, account. <laughs> your Twitter? Why would you check your because Twitter account? Because he checks account? his well, Twitter account every 27 I seconds. put a picture of you up. And he wanted to see how much retweeting you got. Oh, wow, look at that. Yeah, That's a wonderful that picture of me. Thank I'll retweet that. I but I won't retweet wow. that while we're doing this. I know. No, but I think that there's that kind of, I don't know, I watched Ray Donovan before bed the other night, the pilot, and I couldn't sleep I got so worked up because there's so much negativity in it I think that stuff doesn't so why are you watching that show then I did well I'd never watch I wanted to see the pilot oh you wanted to just check it out yeah if you look at do you watch TV do you binge no I got I got two kids so uh, my thing is I watch a lot of documentaries yeah that's why you know the Paul Williams documentary my words that's my thing you haven't binged on anything not lately no 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 Netflix in your house you guys don't lately are Uh, you playing any golf uh not lately so what are you doing you were on the beach playing frisbee I I, didn't, I wasn't on the beach playing frisbee. He's now lying to you. Maybe he didn't say frisbee. Maybe I made up frisbee. I was boogie boarding. I oh, was digging meant... holes for my son. Yeah, well, you weren't the frisbee. I was something. Someone you else said frisbee. Yes, two, five, and almost three. So oh, yeah, God, I, I don't have time to binge years. watch anything. 
I get up very early so I have time to myself. Yeah. That's the one thing I do. Even on weekends, I'll be up by like 5.36. Well, so that gives and how me early a, do, you, do you go to bed? And is that a problem? Nine or ten with the kids Yeah, on the weekends. Yeah. I'm not a big partier. I don't really drink yeah. that much or anything. I'm happy in my man cave. I am really good. Oh, Paul. I joke about loving I love watching golf in my underwear. I am so good I, at just staying I just don't home. Like, I just don't like the term man cave. Oh, Why? Well, what don't yeah, you like you about it? You know what I mean? <sighs> what I mean is... Uh, is Does it remind I, you of Fred Flintstone? No, it, it's that it's it's that whole thing like, uh, you know... The women need to stay out. The man no, cave no, is no, for no, me no, and my no. That's boys. What, I mean. no, what I'm talking about is, <laughs> is is me and room service and I do not disturb on the door. Oh, I thought um, you had an um, actual man cave set up in your no, house. No, 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 no. Okay. I don't have With any. boulders. You know, no. That's different. And I don't watch. The only sport I watch is golf. I love it. I love to watch golf. Who's your guy these days? Well, I still, you know, I'm the, the, the one of those idiots that believes Tiger's coming back. I, I'm there. You want to see the comeback, right? I want. I desperately want to see him come back. I want. I love the idea of seeing that kind of skill again. And you know, and I think he's done so much good. And I think I understand why he wanted to be a thirteen-year-old when he was in his thirties because I did too. You know, I, I'll tell you this though. I know a couple guys on the PGA Tour. They say it's all in his head. They say he hits the ball amazingly on the range yeah. still, and then he gets on that course really? and it all just falls apart. Wow. Let, uh, the, I know two guys, and they're and they're saying that he will definitely come back. I when totally he, believe when he'll he come figures back. it out because it's in his head. And I argue with with Glenn about that with with Tracy's husband, who incidentally I love. But not we, before bed. We argue we argue about <laughs> very little, but he just we don't argue. But he just disagrees. He says your man's never coming back. It's over. And I go no. Glenn. He's gonna get a couple more wins. Yeah, I, I don't know if he'll he'll get another major win though we'll see but i love golf and i love you know do you like I, any I, of the young guys like jordan spieth yeah i think you know i like there's i you know yeah i watch them and i, I love them but the, you know i don't know there's something about tiger that captured them i just became a fanatic about it yeah. you do you know? think it's some projection uh, jason it may be also uh, the comeback thing and all but jason yeah. day i really like jason yeah right when on. jason won and he was crying or i was crying with him it was like we Aww. were having a good cry Seems I, like, me and jason I, had a good cry when he won i, I like uh i like golf because it's it it talks to me as far as like meditation and everything else goes. Yeah. It's very yeah. relaxing on a Sunday to just throw that on in the background and, oh and just chill out. And, and I go to it. every year. I go to to Ireland for ASCAP. You know, I, I spend like a week or ten days in Ireland, and I always take my sticks. And it's just the, the, there's something about playing golf in 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 Ireland or or uh, I don't know. I just I what about those sand, those sand traps, Paul? You oh, get in there, no one's going to find you. <laughs> I, I went. I played uh, Royal Port Rush. They're very deep, Tracy. Uh, the sand traps. So Royal Port Rush has <laughs> really? has the one we of the deepest. We could lose. Oh, we can't lose him. One of the deepest uh, sand traps in the world is at Royal Port Rush, yeah. and it's like it's and it's got all these timbers along the front of it, so you you can't even try to get out going going towards the hole. You have to get out backwards. go backwards, yeah. right? Yeah. I've, I've seen that. I've Those of you who don't like there. golf, they will be through with this. Well, the people that are not uh, golf fans oh, are now turning Tracy. off. Come on, come on, Tracy. Yeah, I'm we just can telling have a moment. Them. I just I'm wanted him to know that my man cave have... was not about an old Miller sign or a, you okay, know, that scared me one. for a second. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You no, know, his man cave a is Hooters like... t shirt. <laughs> <and>, uh, <yeah. laughs> Well, a know, little uh, electric spool as a coffee table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. A slurpee machine in the corner. Some milk crates for some old uh, records. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Concrete <laughs> blocks for my He's book. He's a loner. <laughs> Paulie's a loner. I like that. I'm a loner. Yeah. I'm a loner, too. See, that's why when you say, like, I'm hysterical like this all the time, it's only when I'm around people. But, but you are a loner. Yeah. I got a, I got a handful of uh, friends that I'm very close to, and that's about it. I'm good. Yeah. I'd rather be by myself most of the time. 
Yeah. Because, no. I, I mean, you know, doing the radio show and being in the public eye, that's enough. And then I, I like to just disappear. What about what about how mean the, the, the net can be? And, uh, you know, I mean, especially like doing your show and everything, you get really extreme. All the, you know, the, the overloaded testosterone crowd, you know, you know throwing their, you know, their comments and everything. How do you deal with that? Does that... Um, Especially when you're going through some sort of drama or whatever, uh, you're getting. I mean, but even on a normal day, you could be talking about anything, and you'll get, yeah, that's bullshit. Well, man. that's you know. that's when you could deal with it. When yeah. you know it's some mundane thing, yeah. and they're attacking. You, you, you realize, uh, okay, these these people have some problems. Yeah, that uh, that they need to work through. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's when they they Time for rehab, folks. That's Time when they make their therapy. mistakes, though. You know. Yeah. If, I think someone was on our show, I think, like Bruce Dickinson from uh, Iron Maiden was talking about his cancer and his recovery. People are just attacking over that. I'm like, oh, okay, you, you got the you got the problem that you got to. Oh People work attack through. over the craziest things. Everything, every single thing. You could make a YouTube video saying, "I I came up with the cure for cancer, and here it is, and it's real." And you'll still get dislikes and people just yeah. abusing the heck out of you uh, in you the comment dildo. section. Yeah, all that, right. <laughs> Why would you call me a dildo because I cured cancer? <laughs> right. You're a dildo. No, but I then they also like guys... to fight with each other. That, that's what I find is they'll start out, and I get, I've had a lot of bad press on, on the net, and, and people will start out fighting about you or they'll start out insulting somehow you. insulting you and saying something terrible and a character salt, and it's, that has nothing to do with your work or they don't know you, whatever. And and then they just start, and they know each other, a lot of them, especially the ones around, and then they just start fighting, you douchebag, you said that last week, and they just go at it, and you just think <laughs> they're sitting in their, that's the man cave, they're sitting in their man cave somewhere, you're, just pissed off, throwing things at the computer. Tracy, you're describing uh, rats. Rats will eat, eat each other as well, so they will start off as a... But isn't it true they do that? They yeah, just love to fight I, with each other. Here's the question, uh, you think we've always had that, that negativity around us in society? And because of social media, we uh, it's a lot easier. Well, I think or, the anonymity is. I also. think I was going to say the anonymity is what's. But you think it, people yeah. always had this in their in them to do this, but they just didn't have the outlet. I feel like there was a a, a time where it just wasn't as negative out there. Well, I don't think people. I think there was a time, and you, if you think about radio, right before the before the net, and you've done radio before the net. How long have you been doing radio? Since I was eighteen. Okay, this is all so, I know. So. And I want to get I want to get that get to that because I'd like to know how you started. But sure. but when you started in radio, there was no internet. So oh, if God, people, no. so if people wanted to talk to you, they had to call in. Right. Okay. And there were a lot of things because of regulations and what have you that they even couldn't say. They couldn't call you a dumb fuckhead at a certain time on the radio because right. you weren't allowed to do that. So they couldn't sort of act out that aggression verbally or right. in any other way. Then along comes the internet. So they can tweet bad things, they can write bad things on they can fight with each other. I, I think when that happened, whatever people and half the time I think what people say is not about you. It's about them. And so I know when my first Something book in their past. When, I, when my first book came out about being fifty and someone and this is when I really realized none of it counted and I just stopped listening to the noise. This woman wrote in and it was a whole book about many, many things and all her only quote was how could Tracy Jackson be married twice and I could never get married? I thought, okay, well, now I get what people think. You know, they only read this through the scrim of their own pain. Yes. You know? Yes. So she's sitting in her house miserable. She's never gotten married. For whatever reason, all she heard was, I was married twice. That's yeah. all she took out of 300 pages. I was married twice. Okay. Mm -hmm. well, that's her issue, not mine. So what do you say? Uh, you just go, and, but but that's the kind of stuff you. But to get. answer your question, it's uh, you're more assess accessible because back in the day, if you were mad at someone in Hollywood, Paul Williams, Hollywood, 
you know how hard it would be to get to Paul Williams? You would have to write a letter, and I would imagine back in the day you probably had assistants and or all these people go around to the you. Bar on the <laughs> <laughs> Harry's open pit barbecue. Find you eating ribs. Harry's open pit barbecue. But here's the. <laughs> let's say they didn't like you and smoking the Bandit, or yeah. they actually didn't like uh, you know uh, um, the Carpenters, or any, any of that stuff. They would have to write a letter, so they would really. And there's so many steps uh, uh, in there where maybe their anger goes away, like as yeah. they're writing the letter like ah. or as they're taking the letter to the post office ah, you know what I'm, this is stupid and they'll rip it yeah. up or whatever but now fast forward and there you are on Twitter now if they don't like you they they can find you immediately I must say that, I, that I'm really blessed I, I, I get very little of that I've had you know there's tell me about it I just <laughs> well you're a lovable guy well, there, I, you know, and, I, and, I, and I respond to kindness I mean there's an elegance to kindness it just, and I think it's frankly I think it's why we're friends because mm-hmm. I think that you have that going as well as it's just you know, there, there's there, and I think it's, I don't know if it's born out of confidence or what, but when somebody is, is has that that piece of of who they are, it's just I respond to it. And yeah, I, but you also don't like to have any kind of confrontation. Oh my goodness, what is that about? Because I don't like that either. Well, I don't know. It's like if we uh, in our relationship, and this is the truth, and it's not, it's just the dynamic. If something harsh has to be said, I'm usually the one that ends up saying it. But what I, is that about? Well, she she is, thinks that it says it before I got around to thinking. Uh, <laughs> no, does but that, that's true. Does that have I, something to do with um, growing, uh, living around turmoil? Because I, I don't like I don't like confrontation what, because I grew up with a lot of turmoil with a sick, uh, mentally ill mother and stuff. I think you know I went to nine different schools by the time I was in the ninth grade. You know I was I was given shots to make me grow that had the opposite effect. Not only did I did, did I not grow, but I was four six when I got out of high, out of high school. I was I was didn't hit puberty till I was like out of high school. Wow. I mean it really screwed up my body and everything. You know so it really slowed my body clock down, which I'm grateful for at this point moment because I'm seventy five and I feel forty six. Right. Know? But the fact is th- that I think that that I became somebody that m- kind of managed situations around me very, very, very quickly and without feeling what it was. In other words, I don't ever remember. I was five years sober before I went, oh, my God, you had a fucking horrible childhood. It was like Dickens. I mean, it was, <laughs> you know, my dad was killed when I was 13. I was shipped right. off to live with an aunt and uncle that I didn't know. It was like I was in high school and my body looked like it was made out of cantaloupe and I'm in the showers and it's like, <laughs> it's just a horror story, you know. And 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 so I, I but I felt none of it, but I managed it. Yeah. And I, and I, we, we had Wally Sean on yesterday. He was talking about being five foot two in high school and he never never got in a fight. I hit a kid in the temple with a, with a salt lake shaker, or a salt shaker, you know, salt lake shaker. Salt, a shaker with, from with, Salt Lake City. Uh, yeah, a salt shaker. A salt shaker because I knew we were about to get in a fight and I just, you know, I, I, I just picked up, I was sitting on a stool, I planted it in his temple hard enough to knock him off the stool and I did it in a place where I knew they'd stop the fight immediately before he beat the shit out of me. Wow. I, which, you know, I could I could relate to the the shortness, but I uh, you know I did finally start growing. But I was five two, ninety one pounds in uh, Were you? ninth grade. Yeah, wow, yeah. And I used to come home crying to my mom that the only <laughs> dare I say this, but I will uh, the only kids that are shorter than me are the Asians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was really bummed out. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It, it killed my self confidence at it at an early age. But and then, all those Asians are now running huge corp- tech companies. Yes, probably. I, I, I was just a naive <laughs> little know. boy, Tracy. I know. I, I I'm just like you know speaking. You know. And then no. I finally grew, and you yeah. know, and that and with that came confidence. So. 
what happened to me is I, when I was about 27, I played a song for a young lady and instead of shaking her head left to right, she tilted her head slightly to the right and went, oh, and, and everything changed. And that's know? where your confidence that's came where from. everything changed, right. yeah. The, you, you mentioned the niceness. I do have a nice side, and it's interesting you, you mentioned that. I think we're very similar, Paul. I do, I too. think that's why we get yeah. along. My dad, uh, he loved the radio show, but I was uh, very aggressive and negative. Yeah. But but I I always felt like that was the the better stuff to listen to and yeah. and he would sit me down he's like he's like Greg uh, you know I listen every day obviously I love the radio show he's like but why do you hide that that nice part of you yeah. I don't get it why don't you bring that out more and I wasn't I wasn't brave to do that until yeah. only the last few years and my dad's long gone now unfortunately and, but why did he call you Greg that's my real name. He's, you don't even know who you're talking to, Tracy? I got confused. but what does Obi come from? Ron Howard. You I, wanted to be Ron Howard? No, you know, I, I looked look exactly like, like him oh, you when do I was growing look, up. Oh, that's yeah, what yeah, it makes yeah. oh, So they called you Obi. Yes. Yeah. Well, this is here it is. This See, is okay, the story. Okay, so I didn't know. So tell when, me. When I was in Sorry. sixth or seventh grade, I was I was one of the only kids that didn't have a nickname. So this girl, Julie. Where was this? Where'd you grow up? Long Island. Long Island. Island. Okay. And uh, Julie stands up and, and, and makes me stand up and goes, hey, hey, this kid doesn't have a, a nickname. So then everyone is suggesting, you know, nicknames like Four Eyes because I wore glasses, uh, Will Robinson from Lost in Space. <laughs> I'm trying to remember some of the, oh, uh, Howdy Doody came up. Oh, oh God. Ouch. And, and then, <laughs> and I think she then also said, no, Opie, and from that day on, it's stuck. So and you've now been Opie ever since. And I'm a middle-aged man now. I don't even like the name, but I, does your wife call you Opie? Oh God, no, 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 no. So nobody calls you Opie outside of your public persona. Yes, and and I would oh. love to just use my real name, but I built such a brand with Opie that it's very hard to yeah. do that. You know, yeah. especially in this world when everyone's That's trying wrong. to make their mark. So now I'm stuck with Opie, and I'm yeah. a middle-aged man. Yeah, but it's cool. It's but, cool. You know what? I, what it's, I was just sitting there thinking, why? Why aren't you doing what like, uh, like what Carson did? Because all of a sudden, I'm just you know. Oh my that God! Kindness. Is he going to compare me to Carson now? Yeah. No, but think about oh. it. I mean, he said no, but no, think but when about you talk it. about that kindness, you talk yeah. about you know your dad saying like that and all, but you can do. I mean, like you're totally comfortable. Yeah. You you know. I thought Carson was like the meanest guy ever. No, Johnny Carson. Well, I'm talking about Johnny Carson when he's sitting there. Oh, but and, Johnny Carson and, you know, in his real show, life was like a really mean guy, apparently. In real life, yeah, but but okay. the fact is that he la- he laughed when you were he really listened. He laughed. I mean, if you said something funny, he laughed. It wasn't that old comedian thing of oh, that's funny. Yeah. I mean, he was he was he I, was. Listening and all, and and there was that part of him that felt really kind. I think and 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 real when he was behind you know behind the mic. I'm uh, I'm a very generous laughter when people a uh, laugher. Excuse me when people come on. I'll, I'll give it to him. You've I love never, Johnny Carson. You've, by you've the never way. done. I mean, you've done other television, like you did the sports show and stuff like that. You guys tried, but yeah, but you've never really done there. like a talk show. The radio show takes but up so much time. The radio show is like a talk show. Well, no, but I'm talking about on the in the on the tube as well. Yeah, I mean, we're starting to film our show every day, and yeah. and we're leaning toward maybe trying to sell it, you know, on some network. I, but isn't it hard now? I mean, the whole kind. I mean, the, the kindness thing is a big deal. And when we started this, because we were doing gratitude and trust, and we we're trying to be gra- gratitude and trusty. Um, and and I and I have to speak up for like because I'm very kind and and it. But as a woman, and when you're a funny woman, you're not really allowed to show that. You know, I mean, you have to, and you know this, you have to be much more aggressive almost than men. Mm. Otherwise, you're not heard. Yeah, but and that... I think, and I think, and I'm, and my big thing, and it goes back to my childhood, is is being heard and understood. Right. That's that's my big thing in life. Is I need, I always feel like people aren't listening to me, people aren't hearing me, and they're not understanding me. 
And that's where I... That that's where everything that sort of the, my style comes in and from. I, is I need to be heard. I need to be understood yeah. more for emotional reasons than anything else. Mm-hmm. And I felt so much of the time in my life that I'm not. And that's that's a big deal. And I think that's true for a lot of women. And so I think that especially women who are in a position where it's male dominated, mm-hmm. which this is. It's changing, though. It, but still. <laughs> it's changing. Yeah, right. Baby steps. Baby but it's I'm always the only. You know, we've had Baby three women on this show. Um, it's hard. How many women, honestly, do you end, end up having on your show? Um, the ones that don't get naked? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Tracy. Just go for a laugh. Hey, did it offend me? I don't know. No. It, it did a did, does, bit, that did stuff, does that stuff ever no, offend me? Oh my not god! I'm, uh, I think I think that that yeah. thing of, of uh, can you answer the question, oh, please? Ahead, Certainly the not a lot. Then I'm going to jump in with a really interesting point. I know, but I'm, not a lot. Not a lot. And tell me why. Um. Ah, wow. But why? I, I uh, that's a, it's not. I mean, it's not an attack. It's just because you it's call even, that an interesting answer. <laughs> Wait a minute. No, no. But why? Why <laughs> do you think you don't have a lot? I mean, like I came on your show yeah. with Paul. Okay. Right. I mean, it's like if you're a woman, it's if you this you know it's like the Sarah Silvermans, the Mindy Kalings. You know, the, mm-hmm. you can count them probably on two hands, right? So you of the, course and and. And that still there's a very uneven playing field in that way. I feel yeah. I I feel because uh, it's a male dominated show, and uh, we've always had a focus on men eighteen to forty nine over the years, twenty five to fifty four as well, men. Um, but that's podcasting across I, the board and radio. I feel like, and this is a, ugh, I feel like you have to be on your best behavior when there's a woman in the room. See, Karen, I jump in here because no, no, no. Let me just have a moment here because what I saw you happen with you on when we did the show with Opie and, and Jim is you just lit up. I mean, the, all of a sudden it's like somebody plugged you in and you were like your full tilt, authentic Tracy. And you, I've never seen you enjoy being on the air more than you did that because you just all of a sudden you could be full tilt, you know, with your with your humor, with the edge of your humor, your humor, all of that just kind of kind of lit up. And and the response you got is that they loved you, you know, is what I saw. Well, yeah, because I, I, you know, my working life has always been in comedy, in rooms with men, where you had to be the loudest. You know, mm-hmm. when you talk about do you do you to shut get noticed up, to get noticed, yes. you had to have the you had to have the funniest joke because you, if you had even a joke that was maybe a little less funny, mm-hmm. you wouldn't get it. it, it you know, the, right. it just the rules are it, set in such a way. So if you're a woman, you have to be dirtier. And a lot of times I get called out on that. Even sometimes they'll say, why does Tracy say fucks? Because that's what guys expect and guys are listening so and they want, and you go like, fine, that's what's expected of me. I don't have a problem with it. But a lot of women do. But I think to be heard in that world, you really do have to be loud. And that's considered aggressive. It's not considered feminine. There's there's so many things mm-hmm. that are stacked against it. And then you say, like, we don't have women on because we have to be on our best behavior. Well, you feel like you have to. But like they're not they're not going to get they're not going to get down and dirty or or, you know. So once one fun. does, then you go, whew, now I can just sort of have, roll yeah, with but it. I, I have to defend myself a little bit. In, in recent years, you know, I've, I've opened that up a little bit more and I'm not I don't I don't completely think that's true anymore. But you're not. But you are by so far. It's not like you. Oh, your show is it's it is the medium. It is, you know, and you look at even a lot of the podcasts are girls who will. You know, some of them, they're like strippers. They're, they're things that it's all appealing to that 24 to, right. you know, 45-year-old guy's mentality of his concept 
of what a woman is. Right. You know, exactly. and that has to fall into I, that category. I, I made a lot of money knowing that. <laughs> sure. What, how, how a guy thinks in that. Yeah. And, and it's, in, but it's, it, you know, how do you, so in. In that demo. Right. And as a woman, it's hard to break into that demo. Nor, I mean, you don't know if you want to break into the demo. I mean, but it's but well, it's how you appeal to another demo. And, and in radio, you know, the women's role for a very, very long time was to be in there to keep the guys under control and put up those yield signs like, now guys are, oh, my God, I can't believe you said that. And, you know, we can't go there. Those type of things. We, we nicknamed that the whole. But it was part of the business. <laughs> it's attractive. I'm, but I'm being honest. They, I mean, it was part it. of. I know. It was part yeah. of the business. There was a lot of radio shows where it was. So two, we need a hole. Well, no, God. I mean, there was two guys, you know, doing quote guy talk, and you felt like you were listening to a show where, like, oh my, oh, I can't believe I'm, I'm hearing this. I'm listening to this. You know, you felt like you were eavesdropping in, into a world and how guys actually talk when they're alone. And, but a lot of these program directors needed that woman in there, and and they're to blame more than anybody because I. I do think there's talented uh, female broadcasters, but their role was to come in and be the, let's calm down, let's take a breath here, guys. This is getting a little too crazy. And I despised uh, women on the radio for a really long time. Really? Despised it. Because they weren't allowed to do... You know, uh, do you think Roseanne changed, changed the, the landscape a little bit? With, sure. You know, I think she was. Sure. She just dove in and and she was. She was. Well, Joan Rivers did. I mean, the women who've been brave and and, and have attacked. been accepted and been attacked. You know, and have had. I mean, Roseanne's been attacked. God, looks look what happened to Joan Rivers. You know, it's 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 a really slippery slope, and you have to be. You have to be really thick-skinned. You, you know, you have to be a really certain kind of woman, and you have to be really thick-skinned. Otherwise, you just can't. You can't take it because right. it's too hard. Yeah. And, and and then you get this sort of label that you're tough. I don't know the people, and, and I don't know that I have that label or not. But it's it's certainly something that they that they attach to you. And you might not be in your personal life, and you not may not be in your real life, mm. but you certainly have to be to survive it. Yeah, you know, because you can't sit in the rooms and not go mano a mano. Yeah, or else you don't get invited back. Now I just like to have fun with you know, no matter who's in the room, and I think everyone has a good story and could be fun to talk to. So, so like if a woman with a book wants, but it's a very, but your demographic isn't interested. A book. We came in with a book. See a book, you see. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. A book with a song. Madonna. Madonna can come on. Like a version. She would never do our show. She wouldn't. Oh God! Who? Why? Madonna's Who way Madonna. above us. There's wow. there's a lot of people that are, are way above us. Hey, Obama did Mark's show. I mean, you yeah. never know. But see, I think could... I think Obama picked Mark's show because Mark's show was what the fuck. I think there was that. I think that whole Obama picking Mark's the show. The WTF. I well, think that I think that because he, you know, that's when he said, you know, the N word. I think that that was a very well calculated decision because how did he end up in Mark Maron's garage doing that show? I mean, there's uh, there was a lot of thought in that. That wasn't just a random kind I know, of. Oh, we're going to do. I know Mark Maron very well, so well, he's I love, our show I love a lot. listening and to his explanation of it on. on it was on fantastic. Show. It was he came fabulous. on to and he came on to our show and explained how yeah. it all went down with Obama the set. Up waiting for Obama when Building he arrived, what he that, did you know, when yeah. he first walked into the garage to start the podcast. It was riveting. It was really, really good. And he was on radio for a long time, wasn't he? Mark Maron? Yeah. No, he's a stand-up comic. But he had a radio show. Uh, he on... was on the. Um, oh, help me. He got fired three times or something off radio. He was on the left wing and yeah. uh, left wing radio uh, radio network. Oh, uh, uh, and he was good on there. Very good. 
because he's 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 entertaining. He's That's edgy. a great episode when he comes in and talks about the. the Thank you. And, yeah, it was wonderful. And then I remember Mark Maron was not struggling, but he was trying to find a purpose. And his stand up is his stand up is amazing. It's so it's so well thought out. I love it because his concepts are pretty deep. And I remember him coming on our show saying, "I want to start this podcast thing." When no one was podcasting, really. And then he exploded. And uh, supposedly there are people in Obama's, you know, camp there that just were fans of Mark Maron and suggested it to, to Obama. One, I can't think of another podcast he should have went on. Could no, you? Really? No, I, think it, I, I think it was obviously, great. I would love to say, oh, I should have came on my show, but no, our show wasn't the proper one. Has Louis, Louis C.K. done your show? Yeah, I love Louis C.K. He doesn't do it as as often as he used to, but we still see him maybe once a year. Twice I've never a year. met him. I just, I, you know, He's... I almost did a, we, I almost stalked him. We were at Michael's having dinner or having lunch, and he was at another table, and I just, I, I, I wanted to go over and and go. <laughs> You're Paul Williams. You should have. Yeah, but I didn't. He would have liked that, I think. And yeah. we were sitting with Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah, we were sitting oh, really? with Gilbert. Yeah, Gilbert, Gilbert knows him well. Gilbert went yeah. up to him. Yeah, Gilbert knows him well. Yeah, Gilbert yeah. went up. To I him. just, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't do that. You know, he's I'm a, good at that. His TV show's great. God, he's funny. It's not in his way. And, and he's so Air so America. Thank you. Yeah. Of course, it's Air America. He so was, okay, for so almost he, the first day of Liberal Talk Radio Network, Air America's broadcast, 2004, he co-hosted Morning Sedition, a three-hour early morning radio show with Mark Riley that aired weekdays from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. I'm just going to retire my memory now that I have the net. I don't need to remember anything. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Ah, you're my oldest son. Let's see. Your middle name would be, oh, yeah, yeah. I call. I, I send my- He did it for like three years. I started sending my kid to kindergarten, and I'm thinking, what is he really going to learn in school if everything you need to know yeah, is on exactly, your phone? How exactly. is that going to work out for these Why kids? Why memorize anything? Or how about this? At least throw the textbooks away and give them an iPad yeah. so they're not, they're not walking around with well, 50 pounds that. of books. A lot books. of schools are. Well, a lot of schools are doing that. Oh, the fancy places, Tracy. Well, your kids should probably, I would imagine. We're a little fancy. Not Where fancy, go, fancy. Well, you can't say because then he'll... But. What did your dad do? You lived, raised he was an entrepreneur. Island. What was he? An entrepreneur was he? I don't I don't know really what he did. Yeah, he did. He he oh, died. Connected, huh? He Damn. died with barely a a bank account, yeah. no money to his name. Yeah, I uh, I yeah, would. He, he had died. no money. He had no really? money. He died. He said. None. I was taking care of him for a while. Him and my mom, you know, because I I hit with radio, or I don't know what they would have done. Yeah. He uh he was one of these guys that always had a scheme, and you know. All of a sudden, Christmas came around, and we had a lot of presents. And then six months later, we were broke. Wow. I mean, broke. One haircut a year, one pair of sneakers a year, you know, uh, someone else's clothes to wear. All the no-frills labels. Does anyone remember the no-frills? All the white boxes. That was our house. Wow. Powdered milk. Wow. Oh, really? Well, I'm one of seven kids, wow. too, so. We the youngest were, or oldest? Or? Uh, oldest. Second oldest. Second oldest. Yeah, I have an older sister from my dad's first. So you so are you frugal? rolled into that feeling responsible thing. I, I am frugal in weird ways. Uh, like, do you always think it can go away? Did that leave Did that leave in you the, the feeling sure. like it could always disappear tomorrow? Sure. Yeah, my dad always said, live below your means, you'll always be is he, okay. Is he still alive? No, no he, he died, died in a car accident about 11 years ago. Wow. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm kind of frugal in weird ways, though, like... I'll, I'll get crazy if the lights are on in my apartment at night and I, I go around turning off all the lights or the air conditioners that we're not using. I'm like, I turn them all off. But then if we need a few thousand dollars for some some dumb thing, I'll write not that check problem. tomorrow and not even think about it. It's really weird. Uh, 
you know, I'll, I'll look at prices in supermarkets and stuff. But if I go and get clothes for myself, I don't even look. I'll just buy whatever. Whatever you like. So I it's, mean, it's, I do the so same strange. thing. It's strange. I do strange. the same thing, though. Because, I mean, I'm like a clothes freak and I spend money on crazy, a lot of money on stupid stuff. But I literally walk around the, this morning, went into Lucy's room, turned off the air conditioner, turned off the lights. I always hear the kids, if you're not in the bathroom, the light doesn't need to be on. I walk around turning off lights all the and time. And I would assume you have enough money that you could just leave all that on. So it's something I mean, deep you, in your no, head. It wouldn't make it, would it make any difference? No. But I know isn't that weird because I know the, I, I know, pay the I, the bill comes to me it, it's on an auto pay on my Amex but and I see what it is and I go it's also the environment I think why do these need to be on mm-hmm. you know my husband has this really bad habit of turning on the water to brush his teeth and then walking out of the room and doing five other things and leaving the water running wow, and I'm like Clint wow, just turn off the water what is do we you know there's a shortage in the world I mean we that gotta, would that would drive me insane <laughs> I spend my life turning off water yeah. taps and and the air conditioning they they all. All the kids, they leave the house, they leave the air conditioners on, and they're completely oblivious to what that means. This and incidentally, the place we had dinner last night, the, my, my half of the bill yeah. was cost about was twice what my first car cost. It just, you know, well, that was a very expensive oh, restaurant. Well, and that's another thing. If we go to a nice restaurant, I'm not, I'm not looking at prices. And, and, and when the bill comes, I don't care. But then these other little weird things. It goes back to my mom. She was always panicking that we were going to be thrown out uh, you know, onto the street. But she had reason because your father would... Right? Yeah, yeah, but he's a guy. He's like, I mean, you know, he he could he could have easily just you know lived in a van down by the river for real because he kind of used to say that. Yeah, he would he would just he would live in a shack you know near water. That's all he needed. But near water, he started out as yeah. a real estate guy in New York and did very well. Um, and he actually knew knew uh, Donald Trump's father. He he came up sort of in that whole world with Donald Trump's father and and. He used to talk about Donald Trump's father all the wow. time. Like, oh, yeah, I knew him well back in the day. And I found press clippings in uh, the attic, and he, he was winning all sorts of awards for his real estate and all that uh, before the prices in New York are what they are today, Crazy. obviously. But he owned buildings and stuff. And then uh, he met my mom, and I think my mom's mental illness just dragged him down and just just made him very tired. <laughs> and then when I was 16 years old, he basically stopped working a 9-to-5 job and was just like, I think he felt like he had to be home with my mom because she was nuts. I don't think she really trusted her with us. Really? <laughs> Is she alive? Uh, yes. Yeah, she's in a home right now. So So she's leg- so she's really mental, really? My whole life, yeah. It's it, it's Bipolar? Um, OCD and all sorts of thing, things. So, yeah. That's hard. Yeah. Nah, you know. Challenges. Those are challenges growing up like that. I couldn't wait to leave the house at 18. Yeah. And when I could finally leave the house, it was like freedom. And I, you, I knew I could finally start living my life. And you jumped out of, out of college into radio like right away. I mean- yeah, Talk about that. How did that happen? Buffalo, wasn't it? I went to Geneseo, um, and I, I actually went to college to do radio. I knew I wanted to do this. And I couldn't afford the big universities. I applied to all of them and got in because I had pretty good grades. And then I had a guidance counselor. He tells me, you know what? There's this tiny little school in western New York called Geneseo. You can get on the radio right away. No one, Not many people know about this, but I know it's a really good program. So I went up there and fell in love with the place. And yeah. I started broadcasting within the first couple of weeks I was going to school. And all these other big universities... It, it was legendary. You would have to wait till you were a junior or senior to get on the college radio station. Yeah. So I was doing it as a freshman, like an early freshman. And it, my first broadcast was just to the dorm rooms. It was a cable radio station that was only heard in, in the dormitories. Who were, 
if, if you fell in love with broadcasting like that, there must have been somebody on the air that you were listening to that you're like, oh, this guy's it. That's the that's the deal. There were many people I would listen to in, uh, on New York radio, but when I was up in Western New York, I heard a guy named Brother Weeze. What's his name? Brother Weeze. Brother He's the best broadcaster I've ever heard. Really? To this day. I I, I mean, I, I have a very good career, but I still bow to him. He he makes it uh, seem effortless, and yeah. and he's in Rochester, New York, and he does mornings. He's been doing mornings forever up there. He could have been huge, but for whatever reason, he he stayed local, and I still bow to him. He's he's a dear friend of mine. He's wow. like a brother, a father, uh, a, a friend. Most uh, of my band members are from Buffalo and Rochester. Really, Buffalo? Yeah, to be yeah yeah Rochester. Yeah, uh, you got to do the nasal accent. Yeah, exactly. Kaz, Chris Caswell. They're good people up yes. in that area. Yeah. Western New York has a lot of really good people. Yeah. I I miss that area. I go. I try to get up there a couple times a year, yeah. just to visit Brother Weeze. And I just played a date at, at the uh, uh, on the Canada, Canada side of Niagara Falls, at Niagara Falls Casino, and so the, all of all of my guys' families all came up. And it was, you know, yeah, all those accents, you know, yeah, yeah. They, you know. Cats tell stories of like playing in clubs where, where at a, across the street they found a thumb in, in a in a really? box where somebody had gotten blown up right outside oh, the wow. club. You know, like that's that's a heck of a I club. Love that stuff. But the thing about Brother Weeze, which I loved, was he, he had, edgy? Um, not uh, yeah, I, because you kind of had to be in radio back then. But he, he's more than that. He's, what was it about him? Like, what what, his, what was it about his show that really spoke to you? He he spoke with his regular voice, simple as that. And that might sound crazy, but when I was kind of wasn't Gary Owens. Hey, now. thank you. Uh, Gary Owens would be the complete opposite. Yeah, he had yeah. a horrible voice that's kind of uh, <laughs> really grovelly and uh, you know. And he would just talk, and he didn't. He didn't have this fake on air persona. What you were hearing on the air is the guy that we would go and do lunch. He would continue his radio show all day, not on purpose, because that's the type of guy he was. Yeah. And I and I did not know the difference between the on air version and the off air version. That seems like well, okay, but you don't. In this business, everyone has this on air persona. As soon as those mics turn off, then they're a completely different person. Except, but not on our, our podcast. I would have to say. No. I would have to say today that to find. The difference between us off the air and on. Well, and on, it, well let me well, I think, let me go with that for a second because you're absolutely right. So this was radio. Sorry, radio, there are only a handful of guys that just spoke in their yeah. regular voice and just were th- themselves. You had to have, like you said, the Gary Owens over-the-top hey. voice. Hey. We'll be right back, everybody, right. with the finest of... But that was a kind I, of a holdover from the 50s, wasn't and it? And I had a horrible Long Island accent. <laughs> Uh, and I was practicing my voice because that's how you did radio. And I would just practice all night long. I had an overnight shift yeah. in Geneva, New York. And I would just read news copy trying to get rid of my own Long Island accent. And then I heard Brother Weasel. And I'm like, oh, my, oh, oh God. Oh, um, I, I've thought about like this uh, wrong all, you know, these these first few years. And started, you know, it took a while, but started talking to my own voice like Brother Weasel did. But it has changed with podcasting. I've noticed that there are... Most people are using their 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 just regular voice and uh, personalities, but that was not the case in radio for a really long a lot time. Of years. Well, you also there was so many. There was still a mold, much like TV. You had to fit into in radio, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there were rules, there were regulations. Oh, there were yes. you know there you know there was yes. And I think it's like what's happened in television with cable and and people being able to freely go and write what they want now. Mm-hmm. And it's why TV is so good right now because you don't have. You're not working under the big companies, but and I, and I think it's true with podcasting. I think when we first started this, 
someone said, you're you're speaking into someone's ear. This is very intimate. You know, you're having a conversation with just them. Unlike radio, where you do feel like other people are listening to, mm-hmm. and and, and uh, which I mean, I like radio. Well, podcasting is a much more intimate. Uh, it's an intimate medium, and so because but, they're really they're really searching you out. In radio, you're just one of many many uh, buttons. But you can on also their... land on somebody, oh, I like the sound of well, that. How... You stay. You yes, mean. but with podcasting, they're not punching around, you know, all these podcasts. They're they're reading about you and searching you out. Maybe they picked up uh, your book with Paul Wade. No, you have to be found. And you have to be found. They find you. Yeah, so they... then then the the experience is much different. It's very, uh, it's definitely more intimate. So how many, say a little something about the Opie channel. I mean, how many, you know, what do you got on there? Uh, eight hundred six guys. Eight hundred. I'm trying to build it out. Yes, I, I, I'm trying to get a lot of people. <laughs> they're pointing at each other. <laughs> Our future is sitting right between us. <laughs> I'll give you a little trial. I have no problem giving you a trial. Yeah. Uh, the problem is they don't they don't want to pay any of these guys. So I'm, I got all my friends that are in comedy, and I'm giving them like a slot here and there, and uh, they're killing it. You're but really good at your comedy. It's not like we're friends. making a lot here, honey. <laughs> Yeah, but, but I'm talking a couple hundred bucks to no bucks. Yeah. It's unbelievable yeah. that they're not yeah. paying anybody because uh, I'm bringing in a lot of talent because my, my philosophy is me and Jimmy in the morning, a couple replays, and by nighttime, let's say around 7 o'clock East Coast time, it's all different live programming yeah. from my friends. So yeah. um, we're building it that way. Yeah, Jimmy is true. I really want Jimmy to come in and do this too. I'll get him. How many times? So Martin. when you when you have someone, this is, this is you are now witnessing Paul and Tracy trying to get a job. When you do have, <laughs> when you do this, um, you don't have the same guys every day, or you do? Is it the same program, or you have some guys like once or twice a week come on, or uh, both? both. Uh, I got a couple slots that I definitely found a couple shows that I really like, and then um, now my new philosophy is to give people like a four to six week run. Just to you know, show what they can do, help them out a little bit, and then it gives me a chance to get a lot uh, more variety on the channel. So, so it's I'm, your channel. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. Cool. Yeah, it's it's that. Opie Radio. It's Opie. Opie Radio. It's kind of embarrassing. I'm not gonna lie to you to see your name on the wall like that, but um, you don't like it. I like it too. Paulie would love it. So if you want oh, to change it to Paulie Radio, he would like that. I would love Paulie Radio. Paulie Radio. All day Paulie Radio. Yeah, Paulie would the love Paul- that. Paulie Lama Radio. Paulie Lama Radio. Are you he doing would... music still? Like original right, music? Right now I'm writing a musical based on Pan's Labyrinth with Guillermo del Toro. Sure. That's right. So I'm doing that and all. And uh, what else is going on exciting and new? You know, I, I just, uh, we just got nominated for a World Soundtrack Award for with Gustavo and I for the songs for the Book of Life, one of the songs for the Book of Life called The Apology Song. Nice. What else is going on? What's that? A lot of ASCAP work. A lot yeah, of, you know. Good. And we've been, t- this, this has been taking a lot of time. Pardon? These, and this has this, been taking, this, this been taking you're trying to set this great, up as we've, great do, guess, you, do you miss uh, the booze and the drugs no no this is what I was looking for this is I mean I was I was doing a, like you know a, my chemistry experiment from 67 to 89 was basically trying to feel like this oh trying really to feel comfortable you know so, so if it, you don't give him a radio show he'll go back to drinking I don't want to say anything make you feel <laughs> so, guilty so what it, <laughs> I'll tell you I, I had a uh, I, I don't have an addiction problem or anything, but as far as you know, a spiritual breakthrough, um, meditation did it for me. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel uh, much calmer. Do you my, meditate my, every day? I try to. Um, How long? Anywhere it could be ten minutes, but it could also be twenty to thirty. I take a meditation class every Monday night, and 
It, it ta- changes your life, doesn't it? It, it just, talks real- to me. My my audience kind of they get mad at me because they want the you know the aggressive uh, yeah. you know in your face guy. But I I like living this way, and I, I, I and I hope people embrace it, and I hope I could continue to have an audience doing my radio show. But even this is a much even, easier way to live. Even if the numbers came down and then slowly came back up again, I think it's it's worth pursuing. You know, the big change for me was was things got I got so disconnected because of of my my addiction isolating because of it and all but the fact is once i got sober i realized that my connection through the years had been to people that had been through the music so it was still sort of like one step removed right i'd never had that real you know and when i when i just you know opened up and went i'm in great fucking trouble and i don't know how to do this and can anybody help me these people came out of the woodwork to help me all of a sudden i had a one-on-one connection with people that made me feel safe and that feeling of safety is what has grown into the, the life I have today, and I wouldn't trade that for anything. Well, what, what was the one thing that finally talked to you where you you had that moment of the aha moment? Yeah. Well, I had a, uh, first of all, I went to rehab for a girl that I was trying to get sober for, and, and I was, for like seven months, I was not drinking or using, but that all, eventually I got drunk again. She was gone and all. But I went to Oklahoma City, and I did a, 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 a concert, an afternoon concert, and as I was walking out of my hotel room, sorry, Tracy's heard this story a bunch of times, but I was walking out of my hotel room, I had a full tilt psychotic breakdown. I was, the, there was a knock at the door, it was a promoter. The promoter opened the door, I walked, was walking down the hall with him, and the way he described it later is that it was like somebody grabbed me and threw me higher than my own head against the wall. It was like a monster that nobody could see but me for about 40 minutes tortured me. I mean, bit my ears, uh, was twisting me, uh, I felt I was thrown downstairs. I thought it was escalators, but it was not moving stairs. It was just staircase. You were doing this to yourself. All this to myself. Well, or some monster is it was you know I'd been I'd probably been up two or three days and nights. Was doing heavy heavy cocaine and alcohol and a little bit of abuse trying to make people think that I wasn't using. Uh, so anyway, I, I went back to L.A. after I did the can, cancel the concert. Did it the next day. Told everybody I had a reaction to my meds, which is the truth, because I was self-medicating because I didn't know how to do life. I was just scared to death, you know. And, and uh, so anyway, I went back to L.A. and uh, two weeks later, in a blackout, I called a doctor and I said I wanted to get sober. And he called me back the next day and said I found a place for rehab for you. And I said, What are you talking about? Somebody's been using my body again. That's nuts. What it, you know? But then I had that moment of clarity about you know it's it's over. Gets gets it's time. help. It's time. But the big part of this for me was that when I was ten years sober, and this is one of my favorite stories I tell when I speak a lot. As I went to Nashville and I spoke at the jail, you know, and it was a big deal. But like I went and I spoke to the jail, I was feeling like in the the Pali Lama, you know, that wonderful combination of Gandhi and Himmler, you know, or of Himmler, Gandhi, <laughs> Gandhi and Jiminy Cricket, you know. This is, Freudian a, this slip. is a, pack, a package story I've told so many times I can screw it up. But no, I was feeling like this this spiritual giant and everything, and I go back to my hotel room and the the uh, the magnetic key wouldn't work, and I and I joke that it's a quick trip from Gandhi to Himmler for me. That I just all of a sudden I'm God damn it, why did you know this is the third night in a row the key doesn't work? I go back to the lobby to get a new key, and the lobby is full of guys wearing badges, and it's a it's a, a convention of uh, of talent buyers from all over the country. And while I'm at the thing asking for a new key, I get a tap on my shoulder and I turn around and it's the promoter from Oklahoma City from 10 years before. 
and and he said, I just wanted to say hi to you. I was the guy that that booked you. And I was, oh, my God, well, now I'm 10 years sober, and I just uh, blah, blah, blah. And he said, yeah, I heard in the rooms you were sober, and and meaning that he was also sober. And he said, and he was, he reached in, and they pulled out a chip for 17 years. And I did the math that when that happened, he, this guy was se- seven years sober. So I asked him what he did. He said, I'll tell you exactly what I did. I called my sponsor. And then we called a bunch of other alcoholics in Oklahoma City, and we put together a prayer circle for you that you'd somehow either, either you know, however you did it, you'd, you'd have some relief from this addiction. And two weeks later in a blackout, I called a doctor. And I just did, for me, either connected. I think that that positive, that, that kindness that was amassed by these people, a bunch of drunks, recovering drunks in Oklahoma City that didn't know me, Wow! Prayed, you know, for my for me to have relief from my right. disease, and I found it. Nice. It's, and you know, that's just. And at that moment, you know, I'd always said it's all a gift. It's all a gift. But I don't think I really believed it. I think I felt like I'd worked for it. That moment, it all became a gift that I hadn't worked for anything. That this is all an absolute gift. And that's that's uh, that's why I don't want to drink or use. It's, I I found exactly what I was looking for. Did you replace your addiction with something else? Diet Coke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Splenda. Yeah, my smoking doubled within with, by the end of the year I was smoking two and a half packs of c- uh, cigarettes every every day and uh, like four years sober I quit smoking. When we started working on the book, the reason we know the, that the affirmations worked on the book is that one, right right by the time I was starting to work on the book with Tracy, it was her idea to do the book. My son turned to me and he said, "Dad, you're starting to look like a cookie jar." You know. Like I weighed 160, I'd, I'd gone back, I gained that weight, a bunch of weight back, and while using the affirmations and everything, what we were doing with the book, my weight came down to 127 at one point. It's like 132 now. Yeah, you were sort of manorexic for a while. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was manorexic, but you know what? Mm-hmm. The, he was like the, a girl. The, the I'm only going to carrot. <laughs> I started running. I run two miles every day. You know? Nice. I'm trying to uh, get off sugar. Yeah, yeah well, that's ooh. a big one. It is she right. We, you know, we have a. I'll that. send you a link because we have we have a, we have a doctor who does some blogging for us sometimes, and she has the best. She works at the uh, I think UMass, but she has the best way of just like wheeling yourself down from sugar because sugar is sugar is the biggest addiction. Sugar is the it's biggest addiction bit. in America. I uh, by a long. Slot. I lost six pounds in a month just cutting my sugar drastically, and I'm I'm obsessed with sugar and what it's doing to this it's country. It's horrible. Sugar. I mean, that's my did big you, thing. Sugar is my big thing. Did it's you see Fed Up? Yeah, yeah, the movie. Oh, great! Amazing, right? Right, right. What's the movie? Fed, Fed up. up. Well, that's the one where they give you that they give you the information. And I put this on the blog the other day, and this is when Penn said that I was full of shit. But when you when you the they, when they made that deal with the government that they wouldn't when you look at the ingredients in something and it says like nine grams of sugar, mm-hmm. but it doesn't tell you what percentage of your daily allotment that is but every other ingredient tells you yes. if it's fat at your daily allotment if it's I know potassium all this. and yeah, it's yeah, sugar yeah. they made a deal with the government that they won't put that on there that so people walk around going bastards. 22 grams of sugar okay well you know the average american male is supposed to have 33 grams of sugar a day the average american female 26 a coca cola has like 33 grams of sugar one coca cola you've already you know a guy's blown it for the day and a woman's i mean you know and, and a woman has already gone I way know over all her this. limit and then and you it's can't, horrible. You have to keep it down. Yeah. It's really you can't you can't exercise enough to get rid of the sugar. You, you want to hear you, a you great take trick? it on a regular day. A great trick. You take a glass of ice water. You, oh, you can get poised. flavored stevia drops. You put a few drops of stevia in the ice water, and it's fabulous. 
It's uh, that replaced. What you want to do is you want to get rid of the need to have the taste of sugar. All no, the time. I need a little. No, no, no. Sweetness. You do because I mean, even Splenda and stuff that You're that still makes everything you, away from that me. makes I you want to still taste no, sugar. No, because when you get off the sugar, uh, fruits tasting way better. Yeah. Everything tastes Way better. better. Yeah. And you can still have like dark I, chocolate or a bite or something. But let me tell you this really fast. Uh, I'm so mad that I've been lied to my entire life about my eating. I really thought I knew how to eat right. Oh, no. They granola, don't. Granola bars, the, the, the health drinks, the... Uh, uh, the the uh, the health bars, all that stuff. I, I I was I was being extra careful. The low fat yogurt and all that, and then the amount of sugar they put in this stuff to make it taste good. You you're doing your well. You saw the movie, uh, but but people who didn't see the movie in 1977, they took when they decided fat was bad for you. Yes, they decided they had to replace. The fat, everyone said everything was low fat. That was the era when everything was low fat. Low fat became the slogan, right? And that's what people bought. Low fat, low fat, low fat. You're, Man, you're not going to be fat. You're missing one part of this. Then they put sugar in. They replaced no, no, it No, 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 you're sugar. missing one part. Back in 1977, you're right. But there were two schools of thoughts. And one doctor was saying, no, it's the sugar that is making everybody sick. He was right. And then the other camp was, no, it's the fat in food that's making everyone sick. Uh, sick. Excuse me. They fought it out, and the government picked the, uh, the fat. Yeah. Over the sugar. And they stuck more sugar in everything to make it taste better yeah, because, because there was all of a sudden no fat As soon as you take all the fat out of your food, it tastes no horrible. Yeah. So now the sugar companies, yeah. they're basically a cartel. Yeah. You know, they, and, they, they made a shitload of money because they could put their sugar in everything to make yeah. it taste good. And people are addicted to sugar and they don't know. They think it's their fault when, in fact, they're eating things like, I don't know, Ritz crackers or something. But then they don't know they're loaded with sugar or they're eating something that they just, think like a granola bar or yogurt. I just had a yogurt for breakfast. Well, go look on the side. It has two, you know, 20 it, grams of sugar. It's just sugar for the day almost. Yeah. And, and people don't know it. And so they're addicted. And we get more letters in terms of addiction on our website from people who can't give up sugar. That, that they is said the it's number a, one it's thing. It's harder than cocaine to yeah. get off. And it also sugar. makes you feel like you're on cocaine. Like, I. Right. Well, I've been pacing the house because I'm really trying to uh, drop it down drastically. And also, I'm jonesing. I'm jonesing. Did you you sweep the house? Did you get rid of a lot of stuff? No, no. no, Snickers? No, I would. I like, would. Are you trying to try and keep your kids like low on it so they don't get I, addicted? I want to do this for my kids. I mean, soda is not going to be in my my house. I, I didn't grow up with soda myself, thank God. So but then all of a sudden, I find myself. I just got to do it, and I'll grab the ice cream and have like two, you know, spoonfuls but of that's ice okay. cream. No, I know. And then all of a sudden, it goes away like yeah. that. That's how yeah. strong yeah. it is. But like, I'll take a this is a square of dark chocolate, and that does me for the night, and just so I okay. have something. And that's okay. But like, I never had soda in my house. My well, kids let me tell are you not stat. addicted to soda. Let me tell you a stat too. In nineteen eighty. There were zero cases of adolescent uh, diabetes. And now it's 40%. Zero. zero. Now, uh, last year, it was 58,000 p- uh, yeah. kids have uh, type 2 diabetes from yeah. eating. That's what we're doing on our kids. I and, a lot of the, and a lot of people who come here from other countries, like the Chinese, who didn't, didn't have a history of diabetes, they come here and they call it the sweetie meaty diet, the Asians, because they don't, they, that historically has not been their diet. It's been very low in fats and sugars, but they come here and all of a sudden, you know, they're exposed to our diet. And they have, and they're, and they have terrible now diabetes fly, flying up in the Asian community and the Hispanic community, communities that really weren't historically diabetic, because they come here and they eat yeah. this food that's full of preservatives, that's full of sugar, that's full of additives, and it's a huge crisis. I'm obsessed with it. Me yeah. too. I, I, I'm obsessed. Opie, with Opie, that's my cause, babe. I, I'm obsessed. With I know. Because uh, it's crazy what we're doing to our kids and ourselves. I, just, I said the word Snickers. Now all I can think really? about is Snickers. <laughs> We'll get you one. There was also a time that they they thought that you know staying in shape was eighty um, percent eating right, 
No, no, wait. Eighty percent. Eighty percent exercise. Excuse me. Twenty percent eating right. That's and now flipped. they know it's the the complete opposite. Yeah. It's more important to eat right eighty percent and actually work out less. Yeah. They there was an injustice when everyone, you know, the exercise craze hit in the eighties. Let's say early nineties. People were Jane Fonda. All that they're stuff. like that. People were getting bad knees, yeah. bad hips, and yeah. stuff. Because you need to do both though. Yeah, well, 20% is still yeah. a lot, but it's more about diet if you want to lose weight than, yeah. you know, going to the gym six, eight hours a week. I, yeah. Cocaine um, was a really interesting diet. I did, did, and then I would run out of cocaine and eat everything in the house. I actually remember coming out of a blackout on the floor of my kitchen with my face down and looking at what I thought was a bunch of, of pyramids with the tops cut off. And I went, what, what the hell is that? Where am I? And then I realized it was in the kitchen, and the, the pyramids with the tops cut off were were yogurt things. And I'd eaten all the yogurt in the refrigerator. I'd gone through all of them, and there were oh, all these little yogurt. Man. You and Alan Carr are the only two people I know who were fat and cocaine addicts. I know. It was, well, because <laughs> when I ran out of cocaine, I ate the house. I ate the house. I ate but the you're house. Not, when, you're, when you're a cocaine addict, you really are supposed to be skinny. Yeah, well, I just never quite pulled that off. I, I, I'm glad I didn't get that addiction. I, I went down that road a little bit. You did? And then I had one really bad night. Uh, I was only, I was like 23, 24, real bad night where the famous praying, look, it, just get yeah. me to morning. I'll never do this yeah. again. We've all had that inner dialogue. <laughs> but uh, I got to morning, and I never did it again. That's the alcoholic period you say uh, I, over and over and over if you're an alcoholic. Yeah, that was back in like, I don't even know what year because it doesn't matter. It, it was a late 80s, early, uh, around 90-ish. When I got But so I never did it again. had no desire to ever touch the stuff again. And you had I'm a lucky. really bad experience. I thought it was going to die. You thought you were having a heart attack. Yeah, the whole heart stuff. just yeah. pounding out of my chest. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. Can't get an erection. It's just, you, know, you got the bends. You got the cocaine band. <laughs> you know, really? Yeah. Oh. You, know, you like to hear that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. But I looked like a parrot when I, I thought got guys sober. used to put I mean, cocaine when I, on... so- when I got sober, I was like, happy, joy, free. I mean, I'm, I couldn't get my body to stop moving for seven months. It was just, I remember sitting in and, and all of a sudden sitting with a bunch of other alcoholics. And I thought oh, something was weird. And I realized nothing was moving. And it, was, and it made me cry. I mean, I went, oh, my God. You're still... You're just here. And I hadn't experienced that in a long, long time. Mm. I thought people put cocaine on their penises. Well, if you're going to have... Well, never mind. Let's not have that conversation. <laughs> no, but that's what I remember people yeah. doing. I didn't do cocaine. I and That's all That's all. You I, don't need she cocaine. Never, she no. never I never did, did cocaine. She actually was I'm offered cocaine by, by what's his name, the Gonzo. We talked about that on your show. show. It's, a, it's an old story. It's an old I story. Just didn't, I just didn't know. I didn't want to be out of control. I couldn't. I, I don't do it. I, drugs aren't my thing. But that's, that's, just, that's neither here nor there. Well, you know, it's really interesting. This is the longest podcast we've ever done. I hope uh, and we could keep going. Good. We it's could fantastic. keep going. I'd Good. like to sit here all day talking to you. So you can have us on your show and invite us back. We will. We would enjoy we'll that. It. We'll do that. We would soon. enjoy that because we love being on your show. Yeah. I love being on your show. Next we time you're in New York, we'll do it. We need to. We need yeah, to golf. I, well, I won't. I won't okay. come to that. But yeah, yeah, I'll do the show. Okay. Because I don't golf. But um, we you love you. We love you, Opie. Thanks, Tracy. Yeah. I love you guys. You know, yeah. Opie, I'm going to tell you something. You I really like And there's something you around. taught me, and it's something I, I, well, I, I want to... taught you something. Yeah, you taught me something. And I want to end with it, because it, it, it kind of dovetails back into something you said about how, with your meditation, you're losing a certain aggression, or maybe it's kind of an anger, and maybe it goes back to your childhood, and this is a lot of stuff I understand. But when I started writing this book, because, you know, I'd always been... 
I mean, I'm not physically aggressive, but I'm very verbally aggressive, obviously. And when we started writing this book, and I started embracing this gratitude and trust lifestyle, and all my, my entire life became about being calm and being kind and giving back. And, and I started, and it was great. But then I started to lose that other Tracy who I had lived with my whole life, who I also really liked. I get it. Who was funny and who was edgy and who could go into a room and make people laugh and and be a little naughty and be a little naughty. And the person <laughs> that I and snark. the person I understood and the person who'd made me a shitload of money and a lot of other stuff. And that person had totally gone away for the amount of time that I became very serious and that that I was writing the book and and up until the time we promoted it. And then I came on your show, and that person came back. And that was the biggest gift I was given. And I swear to God, I could almost cry because I walked out of there and I went, I'm still her, and I can be her, and I can be the gratitude and trust person too. You can balance the two. And I can balance them, and the other person won't take over and sabotage me, but the other person won't take over and make me a bore, and somehow they'll get married in between. And it wasn't until I went on your show Damn, that that actually happened compliment. for me. I like that. And yeah. that's when I fell in love with this, with you and with this format and with the fact that the old Tracy still lived inside me, but she didn't have to yell at everybody all the time. I, I completely get that. That's, that's and what that's, I, was, I and that, get that. And, that, and that's like people just have to understand that sometimes you're one and sometimes I, the other. I think that's, i got to do this podcast more. You compare me to Obama. <laughs> <laughs> what was the other one? No, no that's other, a true story. No, oh, Oprah, the, the you blew off Oprah that, for me. I started No, but that's, but that's a true story. Started, that you I, gave me that gift. No, you really I lo- did. And I will Tracy, always remember that in my life, that that was the time I got myself back was on your show. Oh, I was no. going to say um, something really lovely about Tracy, but because he won't let me say a word, word I'm not. No, no but that's actually was what my comment very early on in, the, in this conversation was that watching the way you lit up, you know, with with Opie and and Jim was really really a big tell, and it said a lot about you. Know, and you found, as you just said, you found a comfort in who you had rolled into the, the, the you know those two elements and everything. But it never really... felt like it was the total me either. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was somewhere it, it, there was, was a person in see. between because yeah, I can still make really funny guys laugh. That's that was the person uh, I understood. I, I get that because I think I'm I'm in the middle of that uh, process right now. And myself. they will and they will get married. They will find yeah, their, they will so. find their way to each other. I I needed to go down a more positive, nicer road. You have to get yeah. But I I you know. I, I, I do like But you will version. find it. Maybe you'll come back on the podcast again. Your inner again rude can still live. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I can still, I can still destroy you with my... So my we're going to end today on that, on, that, on that big you know, big hug of, uh, nice. hug of embracement. If and, you have and, an old and, car, then you don't have serious radio. Next time you, get, you go get a new car so you can listen to Opie because it's, so, it's always a treat. It's Opie always funny. Opie is a, a great guy. Follow great. me on Twitter, Opie Radio. Opie Radio. Opie. Follow him today, everywhere. Follow him on Paris. And listen to his show and he's a... He's a champ among men, so thanks, Oh, Thanks, Tracy. I appreciate that. We love you. All right. Let's get out of here. Bye-bye. You give a little love and it all comes back to you. You know you're going to be remembered for the things that you say and do.